0: A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. Enthusiasms. Enthusiasms.
1: What am mine? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy?
0: James! <laughs> music,
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. I am Rob Pietro, the dead Poor hitter. Thank you for joining me. This is episode 52 of the podcast. And again, thank you for joining me. Thanks for showing the podcast love and support along the way, either through reviews or ratings or DMs and reaching out and saying how much it's been helping you and it's, or how much you enjoy it. It's really a lot to hear those words and... Um, appreciate it very much. So thank you everyone for doing so. And if you haven't done so yet, you can leave a rating on Apple Podcast. Take a snapshot of the review rating. DM it to me. And I will send you some pull hitter swag for sure. So the podcast today is going to be an FBC main event free agent bidding recap. This is going to happen every Monday where I will go over the fab bidding from the weekend. I have a guest that joined me today is Mr. Todd Whitestone. You can find him on Twitter at Telestar7. Todd writes for us at spstreamer.com. Mr. Michael Simeone, SPStreamer himself, brought him on to cover some articles that he will be writing on the spstreamer.com site that includes the fab bidding that I am talking about right now, so I thought it would be great to bring him on and it would kind of go hand in hand with the articles that he's writing. And he can provide me with some help in doing what I intended to do with the Fab Recap anyway on Monday. So he's joining me for this Monday, hopefully going forward every Monday, and we'll talk about it. And it's funny because we're actually in the same main event league, and we drafted in New York together. Um, so um, it's interesting to talk to him about it. And We're opponents, but um, it's cool. Todd is full of insight, and he brings a lot to the table. So, um, yeah, so we get into the Fab Recaps of the weekend we go over some of the most added players the most highest bid on players drop players um, Just general trends what we think of some of the pickups whether or not we think they're good or bad and um, all that Um, So yeah try to sprinkle in some player analysis along the way and give you a snapshot of the standings too in the main event league that I am in and also the overall standings as well um just try to you know um there's not too much to talk about this weekend it's only four games but as it goes along we'll provide you with some insight into anyone who's moved up moved down what kind of stats are leading the way the highest stats in certain categories so Stuff like that we're going to try to bring to you. I was going to cover um, main event, online championship, and TGFBI, but um, it was just a little too much for me to handle um, all at once. And But I kind of more just felt the fact that it just trickles down, the main event trickles down to any league that you play in. Um, in my opinion, it's just the sharpest league around, and I think you get good, valuable information enough from just seeing who's been Added and dropped in these leagues, and it can carry over into possible evaluation for players in your own league, either as you play an FBC or not. Um, so, yeah, we we'll get into that. Um, a couple other podcasts I have this week. Um, hopefully, getting into some StatCast stuff on Wednesday with Nathan Grimm. That should be fun. We're just going to hit some. Um, StackCast darlings and StackCast busts so far. Um, anything that's popping out to us as we are watching games on the game feed, and also just the leaderboards and the search engines that they provide you with. Um, so, again, I'm gonna try to hit that once a week. We're just trying to go over some players that are hot, um, players who are performing above expectancy or below um and then also gonna try to do one other pod during the week that includes bringing on a guest to talk about their teams and hopefully on that episode as well we're gonna be doing a three up and three down on players that were kind of fading already or in on during as the season progresses and stuff that a play that we can look forward to in either fab or going through the rest of the season. So uh, with that being said, just going to roll right into this episode with Todd and where we review the main event fab results from April 4th, 2021. All righty. Welcome back to the Poll Hitter Podcast. Today is Monday march 5th um april 5th um sorry about that and uh we're right into the swing of the baseball season today i'm joined by todd whitestone todd how are you today okay rob how's it going with you oh it's fantastic i'm uh you know just um getting into the groove of making lineups and fabbing um it's been a grueling process so far might have gone a little bit on my head with the amount of teams um <laughs> but uh, I feel I feel pretty good. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's one of the best times of the year when baseball picks back up again and, you know, truly excited to, uh, you know, to see if everyone that I've been prospecting on is, is going to pan out for me this year. What about you? Are you um, how many leagues have you um, gotten yourself into this year?
0: <laughs> so I'm in nine leagues. They're all on N- NFBC, which makes it easier. They're all on the same platform um but they all are fab the the one thing in my favor is I have partners on five of the nine leagues so that makes it easier to uh, at least kick things around and you know not feel like you're going out on way out on a limb by yourself um so it's a it's a lot of fabbing but I enjoy it uh but it is a grind you're right you know you got to be ready and you got to be willing to go through all the people you know Sunday and try to see what you want
1: to do right Um, so you mentioned uh, having a teammate so um, I'm experiencing my first uh, you know partnership in the NFBC I'm in a tag team league it's a it's a satellite league and my partner is Jenny Butler and um, you know just getting used to how you have to you know relay things to another person instead of just in your brain Um, (laughs) and it's cool because um, you know we haven't had any like real big, like, Oh no, like you're wrong <laughs> yet. Oh, so, which good. is, which is good. But, okay. um, it, 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 definitely, I think helps having another out of eyes and ears on, on your team. And I, right. also it, it's, you know, it's a bit more work where you have to just, you know, spend a little time, you know, um, texting or chatting on the phone, which isn't a big deal, but it's just right. another uh, step, you know, that I'm not right. used to taking. So, but, exactly. uh, yeah, it's going well so far. So Yeah,
0: I mean, you have to make sure you're doing something, whether it's fab or lineups that the other person is, is fine with. You don't want to completely uh, take over and you don't want to um, do something that they really are, are against. Um, but, you know, as long as they're listening to you and it sounded like from your prior pods that you and Jenny were pretty much on the same page. So I think that'll help throughout the season, you know, instead of, just uh you know one of you taking over and uh, doing something that only you agree with
1: right absolutely that makes 100 percent sense um so todd you, um just wanted to let the listeners know that you just recently started to uh write for spstreamer.com right yes yes yeah and you have um what you tell the listeners what you'll be writing over there this year
0: yeah so uh i'll be writing a uh, hopefully weekly uh, article, Rob, on the NFBC main event contest. And the the reason I'm doing that is because I think it's a, it's got a a group of really engaged owners. They're all really involved and uh, they they know the player pool extremely well. And uh, it's a finite group of leagues, um, 43 leagues, uh, 15 teams apiece. And I think it's interesting whether people, readers are in the main event themselves or not, and they just want to read about it. So I'm going to be following the standings, I'm going to be following the fab, I'm going to be following uh, the player drops, just to see how these guys do it and whether there's any trends we can pick up. So hopefully it'll be um, something that uh, piques a lot of interest.
1: Right. I think that's totally, um, totally the way to go. I remember when Michael was asking me about some possible things that I could do on the site. And I thought that would be a great thing. And then when you applied, you, you said the exact same thing. So we were <laughs> like, oh, wow, look at that. That's, that's perfect. Exactly what we're trying to do. So that's awesome, because I think what you say is very true. Yeah. Um, that every, it could be applicable to other leagues, to every league um, because of the, you know, the amount of money that each person is putting into these leagues. So, and very sharp players. So it could, it it had the trickle down effect to any possible league that you could be playing.
0: exactly That's my thought. And hopefully it'll be proven right. But it's, it's really interesting to follow. These guys are, you know, there's some of these guys that won multiple main events, multiple leagues and, they really know what they're doing. And every time I start to think, gee, I sort of have a, have an insight into something. I, I look at these guys and they're usually three steps ahead of me. So uh, it, it is fun for me to sort of follow.
1: Right. Absolutely. I, I, I had my first the Main Event last year and I felt myself, even though I, I didn't do well, I felt myself getting better in, in terms of catching things that I knew I had to um, do to improve my game. So right. um, yeah. So Um, So we're actually in the same main event league this year. We drafted (laughs) uh, on Saturday, the 20th in New York city live. Um, You know, we have some hall of fame. uh, We have a hall of famer in our um, league and Mark, a gecko industries. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I think um, Glenn Schroeder won the overall in 2015. Um, Bunch of great players in here. uh, So it was interesting. The whole live aspect, it was definitely something I was so happy that I got involved with. It was really great experience. Just, um, you know, I even sat down next to you for the auction championships, um, the day before, uh, as I was a proxy for Phil to yeah. sow Um, right. and, and that was, uh, it was pretty cool. I just remember sitting there in the middle of the auction, typing to Phil, like next year I'll be doing this against you <laughs> or, you know, because just, just, just in terms of like, being part of it i said wow i got i gotta get in on the auction too because it's a really cool experience me just meeting everyone in new york was awesome and um so we're in the same league um week one a short week one um wasn't so kind to you on the batting side it looks like um (laughs) and yeah so what what um what held you down there did you just not get a lot of volume or did you just struggle no, I think
0: the uh, the guys I drafted just didn't hit in the first three days. I'm not going to panic quite yet. You right. know, I think it's a, you know, I, everybody wants to see the results right away out of the gate, but I'm hopeful that I drafted some good players and they're going to really uh, perform. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not giving up the ship quite yet, but
1: of course, um, way too early for that. <laughs> way too early.
0: I did have uh, Clayton Kershaw who gave up six earned runs and, that didn't help me either. Um, hopefully he's, uh, he, he's, he's a veteran. He he knows what he's doing and he'll bounce back and have a reasonably good season.
1: Right. Absolutely. I don't think you, I don't think you'll have a concern there with Clayton or Shaw. Sure. Um, so, um, yeah, so there's a, um, tight, tight race, of course, you know, start the season, everything is bunched up together. As I'm looking at the overall standings, uh, Brian Slack is the um, overall leader. And he actually has three teams in the top 10, which yeah. is pretty fascinating. Like I said, it's still very early, you know, and a lot of things will change, but, uh, you know, must be a good Monday when you're just checking and look at the overall <laughs> standings and you see three of your teams in the top 10. Um, exactly. But, uh, yeah, and very.
0: He only, uh, Rob, he only has three main event teams, also. Right. So it's not like he has seven and three of them are in the top 10. He All three are, uh, he has first, fifth, and ninth, which is. Uh, pretty amazing
1: yeah that is that is definitely pretty amazing um you know i was looking across the you know um his team stat line for the uh, short weekend you know just getting seven home runs and 51 strikeouts it's uh it's definitely a, a good start and a 1.0 whip um it's definitely a great way to start your first you know four days of baseball sure. yeah and um i was actually just taking a gander at some of the you know the league leading stats so far you know 11 home runs is is the highest that one team has and um see strikeouts was 53 and one guy actually um about seven guys have four saves so um just interesting to um see the stat landscape so far and um you know, obviously, you're trying to stay as balanced as possible, and it, but when you see, uh, you know, some spreads like that, it's pretty, it's, uh, it's very impressive. Even though it's still, you know, short, short part of the season, but it's still yeah. impressive nonetheless. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you can, the, the great thing is if you can get one category and really start getting out in front. Like, let's say saves. You know, let's say you have two or th- like three closers that are really producing and all of a sudden you're way at the top of the list in in the main event, that would be 645 teams. You get 645 points for the save category. I mean, that really will help you in the overall standing. So um, yeah, it's great to get off to a hot start. Doesn't mean you're going to win everything, but um, certainly I'd rather be there than uh, where I am, but way down at the bottom of the list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I was sorting by like at-bats too. And I was in a, in the top 100 of at bats, so it was like only only like 14 off the pace of the top guy, but um, just not really doing much with those at bats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so again, long season there, but we'll be you know we'll be touching up on some of the league standings as we go. Um, you know, just bringing the listeners through a little journey through our league and the overall standings and um, what we could uh, pull out of that. Um, exactly. before we get into the fab of the main event, I uh, just wanted to go over some, you know, quick news of the weekend and, um, recap some of the stuff that's happening right now. We know the nationals are, um, attempting to play tomorrow. That's the word that they're going to play a doubleheader, um, Although several players have not been spotted at the 26 people working out on the field. Um, A couple of those guys have been Trey Turner, Josh Bell. Um, So in a situation like this, Todd, when you have to set your lineup for Monday to Friday, uh, Monday to Thursday for batters. If you had Trey Turner coming into this weekend, what would be something that you would like, you know, try to do if you were looking to get a replacement for him?
0: If I was going to get a replacement, uh, just for the first half week, for example, for an FBC, yeah, I really thought they weren't going to play. I, I would hopefully I would have rostered another shortstop and I could move them in, even right. to, just to get some stats. But my two cents is I think they're going to play Tuesday. I think the Nats will be there. They're going to get two. That mean two games for the short half week in NFBC. I think a guy like Turner is certainly a guy you want to start even for two games. Um, And uh, for the other guys, for the other nationals, you know, I think you might want to consider sitting them if you have a reasonable option because two games like for a guy like Kyle Schwarber, he's a left-handed hitter. You know, there's two lefties that they're facing. I don't know that they'll bench him. I'm not sure about that, but it's not ideal for him. If you have a guy that has three or four games, certainly I think that's a better move. Right.
1: Um, and I think Schwarber is actually on the COVID list or um some. Definitely had been mentioned as a guy that might possibly be one of the infected.
0: Okay. Um, I didn't see that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um One thing I was going to mention too, like if, if you're entering the week where you might have a player who's possibly out, you know, with an injury if he if he has his first game on tuesday you know try to get a replacement that also has their first game tuesday
2: yeah gives you
1: that little extra buffer like it gives you the monday to digest the news and say all right you know if your other shortstop um that you picked up also has his first game tuesday but then they say oh you know what trey turner's in boom at least trey turner you could put him right in but if he's out at least you give yourself until that day you know, until that lineup lock, because obviously the lineup lock for the specific player as well. So um, it gives you some of that, you know, flexibility um, to give yourself an extra day, you know, to really mine the news and see what's going on. Um,
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The only problem with this week, Rob, is that uh, almost all the teams start on Monday this week. Right. Um, So it is hard to find that. But uh, in general, I think that's a good move. Try to match it up especially if there's a COVID problem, you can maybe save yourself uh, definitely by having a guy with a zero.
1: Right. Definitely. It definitely helps. Um, you know, so we're going to keep our uh, eyes and ears to the uh, national situation. Um, just running down the, um, the NBC sports edge app, they have a brand new app on the, um, mm-hmm. as you can have yep. on your phone. It's great. I've been, we you know, just swiping down continuously trying to reload that. The headlines. Uh, but it looks like George Springer is taking live batting practice on Tuesday. So uh-huh. that's pretty interesting. He's eligible to come off the list, the injured list Thursday. Um, then that, that might happen. Um, so yep. that should be interesting for the Blue Jays. Um, do, do you have any George Springer this year?
0: I didn't draft him. Uh, I was a little leery of him because I, I just don't think he steals a lot of bases. Right. Uh, he, he's a great commodity in general, though, because you know he he's going to hit at the top of a very good lineup, um, but he was just getting drafted so aggressively that I didn't want to take him um, and get pretty much no steals from that spot.
1: Right, right. I know he's definitely um, definitely such a talented ball player, but uh, yeah, it. I know a lot of people who you know would. Get into their first outfielder or pick a guy that high, um, especially an outfielder, and they definitely wanted some to speed to go yep. with that. Um, yep. But he's definitely a guy you could build around if you still wanted to roster him. Hopefully he comes back healthy. Um, Trent Grisham is another guy um, that they're saying is hopeful to return this weekend. Um, now he hurt his hamstring, so if if you're if you're a Grisham owner, do you expect his wheels to come back so quickly, or are you just I mean that's part of the appeal, right, to a Trent yep. Grisham. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, Dak Interested to see how he comes back into the lineup, especially with so many uh, players and the depth that they have on their team. Um, You know, he might not even be a full go at first and getting full time right. at bats. Right. Um, yeah. So, I did
0: draft him several places and I am a little worried about it, but I think uh, Grisham, the one thing in the favor of Grisham is that he is quite a young player. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, having a, Hamstring problem for a 32-year-old guy is a little different than 22. Um, so I'm right. hoping if he doesn't re-injure it, that even if he doesn't run a lot in April, I think May, June, he should be okay and do his normal uh, thing on the base pass.
1: Right. Absolutely. Make good. That definitely makes sense. Um, Nick Castellanos has been suspended for two games. Um, he's going to appeal this uh, he stood over the pitcher and he screamed, (laughs) let's go. And he gets suspended, but, uh, you know,
0: I kind of liked what he did. I kind of liked what he did. I mean, I don't think he did anything all that wrong. Um, you know, he got hit in the—I guess it was the arm and, uh, you know, I, I, I thought he, he pretty much held back. I mean, he, he didn't go after anybody. He just showed a lot of passion and, I think baseball would be uh, well advised to have a lot of that in the game. If if there had been a real fight and a melee and, uh, you know, there had been punches thrown, that would have been different, but he didn't do any of that. I think it was pretty harmless. And uh, I kind of like to see what he was uh, doing there.
1: I definitely like the passion and the excitement. It's just, yeah. you know, he's amped up to play. Yeah. Like you said, he got hit. Baseball just started, you know, these guys are playing in front of fans, again notable guys have mentioned you know how much better they feel in front of stand uh fans in the stand and just the amount of excitement that comes to them and the adrenaline rush so um, you know, it's like obviously he's standing over a batter, uh, a pitcher, which is one thing. But it's like how much different is it than a bat flip? You know, like
2: yeah.
1: you're just really, you know, showing uh, a whole bunch of, you know, exuberance to one individual yeah. event. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, no Astros got got suspended for cheating, <laughs> and so if Castellanos gets a couple games yeah, for standing over the pitcher. It's gonna, weird. yeah, so. You know, obviously, he's going to appeal and should keep him in the lineup today. He is in the lineup. You know, he's got a great matchup versus Pittsburgh in the first three days this week. I'm hoping that um, I have him in several teams. So I'm hoping that he could definitely last those three g- games. Because, right. Yeah, well,
0: hopefully, hopefully, you know, when he's going to get suspended, that really helps as opposed to all of a sudden he's out of the lineup and you you have no replacement.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, uh, move along a couple, another injury note, Hunter Dozier, uh, still out from that, um, sore thumb. Um, I have him in a couple of leagues and, the the flexibility that I drafted him for the infield and the outfield is, uh, you know, he's not helping me right now, but I'm hoping he can get back on the field pretty soon. Um, And we got some non-injury illnesses, and Jesse Winker and Byron Buxton who left their games for non-COVID related illnesses. Um, I'm sure we're gonna keep tabs on that. But um, it's definitely rough when you're entering the week with all this news of the players, you know, being injured, and you know you gotta scramble through a whole bunch of lineups. Um, Is 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 there is there something that is there like a go-to source? or you when it comes to like player injuries? Are you just going straight to Twitter? Or is there like a, 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 like a feed that you like in particular or?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I usually am checking the Edge app like you are and the Rotowire. I have the Rotowire app, which is very good as well. And uh, trying to keep up with that. I, I do like the NFBC approach of the two uh, twice per week lineup sets because then you're not obsessing every day. It's like, yeah, the beginning of the week and then maybe on Friday as well for the hitters. But I I do think that makes it easier rather than a daily lineup move. Um, But yeah, you want to know as much as you can. One other thing I suggest is you look at the lineups for the first day. Like sometimes you think, okay, it's three games, but the guy is going to play three games. So that's not too bad. And then, he's not in the lineup the first day that can kind of inform you a bit and say, okay, the best that's going to happen is he's going to play two. Maybe there's another option you have that can be better in that case.
1: Right. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So uh, is there anything that really caught your eye in this first weekend of baseball, anything that really pop Um, any performances that made you say, whoa, uh, you know, this, this has been something else or any, on the flip side, is there anything that made you say, oh, boy, I hope this doesn't continue?
0: <laughs> well, I guess the, the we're going to lead into this in our fab discussion, but the, the the closers are just crazy. I mean, it's just hard to keep track. Um, I did watch, because I'm a Yankee fan, I did watch uh, Julian Merriweather, and he looked fantastic. I mean, he looked fantastic over the weekend. He was throwing 100. He had a, a split finger that was 87 that was diving down uh, at the player's knees. So, I mean, if that's the way he's going to pitch all season, he's great. And uh, if he gets the saves all year, that would be a, a boon. Um, but it's hard to keep track of the closers. I mean, a lot of managers aren't saying who, who's the closer Right. might, might he use a guy. And you might think, well, that means this guy's locked in and he may not be right. So uh, I think that's the hardest thing for me. I mean, Even two or three years ago, Rob, it was hard to to keep up on saves. But now I think it's really difficult. And that's maybe the hardest part of being a fantasy manager.
1: Right. Absolutely. I I totally, totally agree with that. Um, So speaking of Julian Merriweather, we get right into the fab talk. Um, Merriweather, sorry. So, Like you mentioned earlier, there's 43 main event leagues. He was picked up in every single one of them um for a maximum bid of 576 dollars um his his average winning bid was 350 bucks and his average runner-up bid was 272 um so this is this is this is interesting this is a lot of money obviously for a closer um you know, I think, I think you discussed, you know, how he came in and looked very well, you know um, but it's still like a situation to me that doesn't scream. um, It's a definite, you know, I, I I think it's, it's, it looks like he's a guy right now, but um, you know, they, him and Jordan
0: Romano. Yeah. Yeah. They,
1: I mean, they both, they both have, you know, um, a similar you know if you look at fan graphs you look at the game and the game the leverage index it's it's pretty close to one another I know um you know Jordan came in on Thursday and he faced like the seven eight nine batters but then he ended up facing DJ and Dudge because of the walks um yep. and then he faced you know their top three bats on Sunday but i think merryweather still faced a good formidable part of that lineup right you know it's not right. like he he it's not like he faced nobody after that no. um so it's it's still an interesting situation for me that i was hoping you know i knew i wasn't gonna win him but i kind of threw in some like honest bids you know like around 40 50 bucks just because like i said i knew i wasn't gonna win but i was like ah you know if i could sneak it in i thought that was yeah you know, like the amount I wanted to go because I guess I still don't feel comfortable um, pumping all that money into a closer. Um, I don't know. I I could be wrong. I mean, he could be the guy that gets 35. It's
0: only April 4th and that is a lot of money. I've seen guys win leagues by, by getting a guy early. It can work for sure. Uh, I've also seen other guys bid too much too soon and not have any fab left. So you know, I, I don't. I can't really say one's right and one's wrong. Um, Merriweather has an injury history. You know, it's not no guarantee he's going to stay healthy all season. I think he's got the stuff, though, to to do the job. Of course, uh, Romano. You know, he he looked very good also, and I don't know whether they were just wanted to pitch him against certain batters. Right. Um, one thing in Merriweather's favor, I thought, and I was watching the games because, again, it was against the Yankees, was that, um, you know, they, they had Talkman on base against Romano, and, and Romano has a very slow delivery. Talkman was able to steal two bases pretty easily. Hmm. So that's one thing that maybe uh, the manager thought, you know, gee, I don't know if I want this in the ninth inning where they can steal a base you know, w- without even trying hard. Um, so I, you know, look, I say the the chips are with Merriweather right now. I'm not sure whether it'll pay off for $576, but you know, it's, uh, it's certainly, I think he's the odds on favorite at this moment for saves in Toronto.
1: Right. If you, if you were, if even if you want him for say one of the, you know, like a $300 bid, what would you feel comfortable in return saves wise from him? If he gave you 12 saves the rest of the season uh,
0: for 300, I mean, I, for yeah, what are you looking for? More, 30 saves, right? Not 30 maybe, but I mean, I could sell 20 and up. Yeah. I would say for $300 of fab, that's 30% of your budget in that NF- NFPC. So yeah, I, I would hope for more, you know but it's if you can get a sure thing you know as you and i sort of alluded to earlier it's great to have a sure thing in the saves category and i think that's what a lot of owners are looking for they're saying well if i can get this guy on april 4th and he closes all year that's a lot lot that i can direct my fab to otherwise
1: right and you can hopefully um uh, get in line for a safe guy on fab when, when, when everyone has a little less money, maybe. So it won't be as hard to compete for that, you know, get in yeah. line yes. you know, with those guys. Yes. So, um, all right. So the next player that we'll move to is Mr. Chris Davinsky also picked up in 43 of the main event leagues. He was one for a maximum of $199 and he went for cheap cheapest $5 mm-hmm. Um, so his average winning bid was 56 bucks. His average runner up bid was 29 bucks. Um, again, he went for 199, 137 a couple of weeks. So I was watching the game yesterday and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was, you know, doing my fab and I had, I had, I was, you know, I tried to set it on Saturday and, and then on Sunday, I was just trying to, you know, pay attention to the games and, and work things around, tweak things and, and I was watching that game because um, I, I drafted Taylor Widener um, in, in two DCs and I had him in one main event um, and I didn't start him, which in the main event, I'm kind of mad, but um, I was just watching his start. And, you know, usually my MLB TV is on the Padres anyway. It's just something like last year, I was just drawn to Tati so much at night. It was just something I was always watching. So yeah. I was watching that game watching the usage it was interesting to see Crichton come on early and then you know um Soria when he left uh a game you know with a calf you know I'm thinking all right he's probably not going to stay in for two innings right. and then Ginko comes in for an out and it's his his usage has been weird too he was used in the fifth and sixth inning of, of two of their games but um in some high leverage um so and then Chris Davensky is warming up and said, oh, my God. I said, this is going to cause a tizzy on <laughs> Fab. And sure enough, um, you know, that, that just like, I don't know if it was, could you know, what happened right before the Fab, too, everyone just jumped in on the situation. Right, right, right. What's your um what's your assessment of the Arizona bullpen right now?
0: I think it's probably between Davensky and Ginkle. Um, I, Ginkle does throw hard. He's had some command problems, I think. but uh, Davinsky did look like they were setting it up for him, um, even with Soria before he got hurt. I, they, they didn't look like they were ready uh, to tee him up for a save, so I, I do think it's between those two guys, and uh, you know maybe lean towards Davinsky right now. I did bid on him as well um, and uh, won him a couple times, fairly lower bids like forty bucks or so. So okay. I'm going to see how it goes. They're going to Coors Field this week. I'm probably benching him in most leagues, you know, because of that. But um, I think he has a shot. Um, He's a little bit more experienced than Ginkle. And uh, maybe, you know, a lot of managers prefer that rather than going with the younger guy. Right. Um, So we'll see. But I I certainly think he's worth it. Um, He doesn't have wipeout stuff like Merriweather, but he certainly is – capable of closing let's put it that way
1: yeah it's 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 interesting because um as i was keeping an eye on the bullpens this spring training and just while he was in the game throwing i was just taking a look at his spring training stuff and also checking out the um the game feed on you know um, baseball avant and um you know it's it's great how you could see the velo and and the movement of of their pitches, you know, and c- compared to last year or their history, the year averages and it, you know has, if they're thrown harder or faster, and um if their movement, you know, has increased or decreased, and his his fastball is down almost three miles an hour from you know those great years that he had in Houston, and the changeup is down three and a half, and the sliders down four and a half. You know, I just it. I'm just worried about that too. Like, is that something that's going to continue? Can he be effective in those ranges, you know, while having some less movement as well? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, That's definitely something to watch. It was probably a reason again, why I kept my bids low on him. Um, Just again, like I threw in some honest bid, but they were real cheap because I just think that you know, that, that possibility where he's either not good or Ginkle or Crichton, um, you know, Crichton has two, two holds. So definitely looks like he's the guy that they're going to want to set up that save. Yeah. Um, and so Ginkle was another guy um, that, you know, went, went a bunch in this fab period for the main event. Um, mm-hmm. He was picked up in 24 leagues. Um, the bidding wasn't um, as crazy as the or, or um, Merriweather, but still he commanded a $57 winning bid in one league. Um, and he also went as low as two bucks in a league with um, one, uh, about eight or nine leagues that didn't even have, uh, I should tell 10 leagues that didn't have any competition for him. So it was just that they, you know, the guy bid on him and won them with nobody even attempting a runner up. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he went for an average of about 20 bucks on his winning bids. So um, he's a guy I kept in, I I have in a few TCs as well. I just feel like he had, you know, like 16 bad innings last year. Um, I've said this on a couple of my bullpen pods too. Like, you know, uh, he seemed like he was on path to be that guy. And then just had 16, you know, pretty bad innings last year. But, um, and obviously we're discussing how funny bullpens and managers can be. Um, You know, (laughs) it wouldn't be a surprise if, if he ends up being the guy, right? You sure, know, sure. it's just, it happened. it's such a crazy process. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so note Rob is that, um, you know, I think there is a sort of a line of demarcation at hundred dollars a fab or 10% of somebody's overall budget. Um, you know, I counted up there were 139 bids this week of a hundred dollars or more. Wow. That's, so that's a lot even uh, even, I mean, 43 of them were on Merriweather, as you mentioned, all 43 bids, Uh, These are winning bids. These are not all bids, period. So these were bids that got accepted. So that's a lot, even given that everybody had $1,000 generally going in. Um, So I find it interesting. I think the NFBC group is very aggressive, and they, they generally think that they're going to figure out a way, even if they're down to $500, $300, $200, they just want to get their players early, and that's you know I could see that point of view. I try to save if possible, but um but uh, you know a lot of these closer situations if you hit the right one, you know it can really set you
1: up. the next guy speaking of hitting the right ones, I might have hit him right and then I dropped him. Uh, his name is Caesar Valdez. Uh, I actually drafted him in our main event in New York. um was okay. one of my late flyers and um Well, you know, I kind of saw I was going to have down a couple of starting pitchers, Um, so I kind of wanted to, you know, pick up a couple of, you know, starters, and uh, I dropped them, and, you know, because I guess I was feeding into the whole Tanner Scott buzz, too. Um, yeah. you know, uh, again, it was, he's about there to have him in a, like probably two or three DCs where uh, I felt comfortable drafting him in the 49th round as a possible speculative, uh, closer. Um, and then he went for, um, he was picked up in 37 main event leagues for a high of 277. And, uh, again, this is one of those where I'm really regretting the quick drop and the quick hook of him. Um but yeah, I
0: don't think this one is decided either though, Rob. I mean, you know, Tanner Scott is still in the mix, you know, Cesar Valdez is, I think he's 36 or 37 years old. Right. And, uh, his main pitch, if you, I don't know if you saw him pitch, but his main pitch is a changeup. Yeah. So It's not the profile of a closer that you usually see. It doesn't mean he can't be the Baltimore closer, but, um, again I think this is one is far from decided he did get the first two saves, so you know he's got that going for him um, but I don't know that you necessarily made the wrong choice it's 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 hard to roster every possible closer right know, and keep them all on your bench when NFBC allows only seven
1: yeah it's um like I said I as soon I – like come out on the first one I was like oh man I can't believe I dropped this guy but uh you know like I said I I thought I had other needs that would that my team needed so um yeah so he actually his average winning bid was 147 bucks his average runner-up bid was 96 bucks you know it was some uh a lot of um close heats for him and in the 100 buck range um again that you know he, he I purposely didn't bid on him because I just like, couldn't be, I I couldn't do it. I, I, I said, I, I,
0: you don't I think want to I was going to keep an
1: honest bid like Merriweather, but I was like, at that point, I was like, nope, I'm not doing it.
0: Yeah, I can understand that.
1: Yeah. I couldn't do it. I know. I know. For, I think if, it, I think if it was a player with better skills, I wouldn't mind re-rostering them if You're I right. felt like, you know, but right. I, I just, like you mentioned, I think Tanner Scott is still definitely in the mix. Um, you know, yeah, you you mentioned the dead fish change, as Alex Fast likes to call it, the dead yeah. fish. Um, that, you know, it's not prototypical of a closing um, profile. But, um, you know, Tanner Scott was definitely used in higher leverage in the first game on Friday. And to the reason actually why he didn't pitch on Saturday was because you know, he ran his pitch count pretty high. So um, who knows if that was the reason even Valdez came back on Saturday. Um, again, with these closers and the managers, we have no idea. <laughs> you know, the right, best we right, could right. do is make our best educated guess on it. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, um, I hope he does well. Just put it that way. I just <laughs> I'm just mad at myself that I didn't keep those two saves on my team for the, okay, you know, yeah. that first...
0: I, hurt, I wouldn't hurt. You know, that was the thing, too. It's
1: like, I don't even know if I would have started him. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. that's, that's
1: the yeah. other thing, too. You know, yeah, sure. it's like you don't really want to, you know, I, I guess, you know, if you have a speculative closer like that first week, do you wait until you see him close a game? Or if you only have a closer or two, are you rolling him out there just in case oh, he gets yeah. into it? Like, how do you depends, like to play that? are
0: huh? other options. I mean, if you have right. some good starters and if you have a couple of closers you think are better bets. I mean, I had Mark Melanson on a couple teams and I had him on the bench. You know, I thought maybe he was uh, second or third in line. And, you know, I think maybe uh, he's, he's got the, the nod right now. So, you know, you don't know how it's going to play out. And, you know, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't go after yourself too much on, on that. It's, it, somebody told me if you don't drop a good player in the NFBC, that means you aren't trying hard enough. You know, I mean, you got to, you got to turn your roster a little bit in order to get the better fab uh, targets.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, so the next guy we're going to roll over to, uh, we're going to roll to a bat now um, yep. on the, on the Chicago White Sox, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Yarmine Mercedes. Um, I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I checked my, it, pronu- I checked my pronunciation guide um but um he was picked up in 36 leagues for as high as 375 bucks his average winning bid was 115 His average runner-up bid was 57 bucks um did you have any bids in on mercedes
0: i did not i mean he's utility only in nfbc it's kind of hard to fit him in and and i'm not not sure he's I think maybe he's playing a little over his head right now. I mean, I think he is a good hitter. He hit over 300 in the minors, but um, I, I just, I'm just questioning whether he's going to get regular playing time. I mean, anybody that goes eight for eight in their first eight at bats is, is uh, obviously got some talent, but uh, I just, I just felt like he was on a heater and let somebody else uh, work with him. I, I have Nelson Cruz in a few leagues and, you really can't bid on him if you have Nelson Cruz. So
1: that's a very good point. Right. Right. Yeah. I know that utility only is definitely tough. I know on a couple of other sites, he has that catcher eligibility. And I don't know if anyone is, is picking him up with the hopes that he hits so well that they do throw him in a catcher a couple of times right. Right. to right. gain that eligibility, Um, <clears throat> which is, you know, it could happen. It doesn't look likely, but um You know, he's definitely an interesting, um, like you said, you know, start off eight for eight to to take something. And I like how he's keeping the ball elevated on his hits. He's think only two of his hits came out of like a launch angle under 12. So he got that nice line drive spray, like like they say, like that standard deviation in the launch angle. It's pretty tight. Um, he got a nice swing. Um, But yeah, I think it's all going to come down to, you know, obviously that, that playing time and whether or not he can get in the lineup enough. I know next week, they, uh, this week, actually, you know, they're facing a ton of lefties. So, you know, it's just hopefully he could take advantage of that for the first week, but he actually, you know, he, he, he had some of the tightest. bids I was looking at it on a 99 to 98. He even had a tied one, 88, 89 to 89. I mean, so people were definitely, definitely yeah. in on him. Um, yeah. Um, I'm wondering too, <clears throat> if, um, you know, I think it all, I think it hinges on Andrew Vaughn too, right. You know, if, yeah. if he's the answer and left or not, you know, you see, they've been making their defense hasn't been <laughs> that great, you know, mm-hmm. to start off the season. If they're really yeah. serious about winning, if they, if they address that any further by getting a better left fielder or, you know, turning up their defense, you know, maybe down the road, he doesn't get as many, um. At bats, if Vaughn is going to switch over to DH, you know, so yeah, um, exactly. definitely something to keep an eye on for sure.
0: Well, if they're um, willing to uh, live with Eloy Jimenez uh, in the field, and, you know, I, I can't see how Andrew Vaughn is going to be worse than him. You know, uh, now Tony Larusa is to my chagrin because I do have Vaughn in quite a few leagues. He, he's deciding he only wants to play Vaughn against left-handed pitchers, which I, I think that's crazy. You know, he's a very talented rookie. I don't think uh, he's a, he's a left uh, platoon guy against left-handed pitchers, but, um, but yeah, if he can stick in left, maybe they can play Mercedes more in DH. Um, but I don't, I, gosh, I think that they sort of gave up on let's have a really good defensive uh, club when they they have Robert and uh, Eloy out there, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but he, Robert got uh, hit in the head with a fly ball. <laughs> yeah,
2: I did.
0: <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know, I think they're going to outscore a lot of teams. So, uh, there's no slight on Robert, but uh, gee, I just can't believe that they're going to bench Vaughn because of defense.
1: Right, right, absolutely. I think I think it's important to keep his bat in there. I don't think he's. Um... I don't know. His profile had never shown to be the the a type that needs to be that against lefties, but I don't know. Maybe Lewis just wants to get everyone in the swing of the you know of the season and spread right. it around a little bit. Right. But yeah, you he can't be worse than Eloy. I mean, that play he made in left field was just so embarrassing.
2: Right.
1: I I I just it's one of those things where it's gonna be stuck in my head forever. Yeah, like a play that makes you say nah.
0: Yeah, what are I,
1: you doing? What are you Yeah, doing? yeah. I, I don't understand. It was way over his head. It was spring training. And then he hung up there like he was doing like a Vince Carter dunk in the NBA All-Star yeah. slam dunk contest. Um, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. On, you, on your prior point, anytime you got have an opportunity to get Lurie Garcia's bat in the lineup, you gotta do it, right? So <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think that was Lewis's thinking. No, I think he just he just likes to, uh, you know, say you're a rookie, you know, and uh, you play when I tell you to play. And I hopefully if he if he goes on and on like this for a month or two, uh, the GM is going to call down there and say, you know, hey, Tony, you know, we got this kid for a reason. you know, right. so, You know, so I don't know. I don't know what Lewis has in mind, to be honest with you.
1: we'll see we shall see um let's move on to a couple of Actually, show you do the three pack of kansas city royals that were popular bids we had wade davis going in 29 leagues for highest bid of 329 um his average winning bid was 83 bucks and average backup bid was 14 so pretty big disparity there um it's like um he either had uh, a very aggressive thinking in fans and a, a lot of guys who just tried to get him on the cheap. Um, what is your thoughts on Wade Davis and the Kansas City Royals closing situation?
0: I can't see how it's Wade Davis, to be honest, but you know I've been wrong before. I mean, if this was 2015, maybe, maybe <laughs> Wade Davis uh, would close, but I think they brought him in Sunday in a losing game.
1: They did. Right,
0: and he pissed it in and gave up a run and i mean i think it, it also i if i remember correctly he had an era over eight last year in the short season um i just think you know he's he's past his prime he was great you know a few years ago but i can't believe that that's going to be the answer for closer so no i'm not in on him at all and if, if somebody beats me with wade davis then more power to him, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it had a definitely interesting situation. And in then the day he did get the save, Holland um, definitely had his pitch count up and they, and they took him out. But they had an opportunity to get uh, a double play and it was a botch play at second. And who knows if that if the, if, if that doesn't happen, if that if that anything doesn't get extended. You know, does do we even see Wade Davis? You know, that's that's what I'm wondering. That's that was the biggest thing that was on my mind that, you know, when that happened and when he came in, because I definitely found that in spring training, they were giving Wade Davis some interesting usage. It was, you know, kind of trying to pick up on when the managers bring in their closer, per se, you know,
2: right. And
1: he was brought in a couple of times after the starter to face the other team's starters. So yeah. it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like they, I'm not saying they were wearing him up to be the closer, but they definitely gave him some yeah. tests early to see, I guess, if he would be able, um, you know, to, um, to answer it, you know? So I don't know, this is, it, it's, it's something that's just, uh, it's so interesting. Cause like you said, like I'd rather have someone beat me with Wade Davis <laughs> um being the guy but um you know i wouldn't be surprised you know he can't be surprised at all anymore if he if he's just gonna end up being the, you know um actually mike the mouth was the biggest Wade weight davis fan it looks like he was he bet on him in four leagues okay. the cheapest one was 199. <laughs>
0: wow wow yeah. well, that's a, that's an endorsement he's a good good fantasy player so um but i just feel like if he does get the save ops he's He's going to pitch to a poor ERA and whip, so right, right. it's not going to work out well. But, you know, again, uh, let's see what happens. I, I certainly think they could choose to go with him. I just don't endorse it myself.
1: <laughs> right. No, absolutely. It totally makes sense. We'll stay on the Royals and we'll go to Kyle Isbell, outfielder, yeah. rookie outfielder. He's been on, he was one in four, uh, 28 leagues for as high as 191 um he had an average winning bid of 100 bucks and an average backup bid of 75 a lot of close races for Kyle Isbell it's like he's gonna bring some um you know like a nice mix of uh you know uh, power speed and average nice blend of all three what do you feel about Kyle Isbell
0: yeah I think I went after him I got him in a few places I think he's uh, valuable and uh, he could provide speed which is always helpful mm-hmm. um I don't know that he's locked in that uh, even if he has a big slump, they're going to stay with him. But I do think he's got a good hit tool from uh, everything I've read. And uh, talking to my partner, which is uh, James Anderson from Rotowire, he's in favor of him. He thinks he's a good prospect. So um, I think Casey intends to let him play, you know, so that's better than a lot of situations. So I would say he's certainly a good pickup. I'm not sure he's going to be a huge power guy or even a huge steals guy but he should be a good mix and so that was my the attraction for me.
1: Right, right. Um it 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 things too you kind of had to sit um he's only got two games from our Monday to Thursday this week, right? right. So you kind of have to uh wait a little oh, bit no, to I get think your
0: he has three I think he has three Rob. Oh does he? I think he has a game Thursday against Cleveland or something. I oh think... that's
1: right but they only have five this week. Sorry. But the three was in the first part of the week. Yeah, okay. So
0: I think you can start them at the beginning of the week. Sure.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be um interesting to see if you could keep it up. He got four hard hit balls already, you know, um well he's only battled up one ball and uh, the max ev of 111 but he's uh definitely looked like the royals type player you know to, like a gritty yeah. um major leaguer who's just gonna make it happen out there and i think that's gonna get him some playing time for sure what about his um outfield mate uh another popular bid the ever lovable Michael a Taylor bid on, um, 18 leagues. He went for as high as $337. Um, yeah, that one, that one really was really one of the ones that jumped out. uh, The you know, he's a
0: lot of money, but, uh, I think he's got power and speed. Um, you know, he's always been a little disappointing in my eyes, but I think they're going to play him at least to start with. And, uh, in his favor, and he could return results. I just, um, not sure to the tune of 337 it's going to work, but certainly a valuable uh addition to any fantasy roster.
1: They're definitely not going to face the, the Texas Rangers, though. If we see, I'll tell you that much, they definitely yeah, they put on a bunch of runs on the Rangers this they weekend. Made
0: petition, they may petition for that, but yes,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, he's just again, he's just a guy, it's just you know like you said he definitely a power speed threat and a, a speed starved you know um fantasy contest that we play yep that's definitely an asset that people are going to run after um it's just he doesn't have that 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 skill set that i'm looking forward to you know to chase i didn't even have a bid on him i just felt like it's this hot streak and um you know yeah. it's it, it, that the bottom is gonna come quick. That's just my opinion. But if, yeah, yeah. If, if if he pulled off a 2020 season, which he's definitely capable of doing, um, uh, you know, with maybe a you know a very low average, but uh, it's definitely definitely an interesting bid. The guy I was trying to stay away from myself. Yeah, with was, was average winning bid was 125 bucks. So wow. um, yeah, wow. yeah, people are all in on him for sure this week. So yeah, three popular Royals is pretty interesting. Um, let's go back to the closer game. Sergio Romo scooped up in 27 leagues um, and also Jake Diekmann, um picked up in 26 leagues. So yep. seems like uh, everyone's speculating on the next Oakland A's closer. Yep. Um, Diekmann went for a lot more. He went for as high as 171 and his average winning bid was 86 bucks and his average running up bid was 55 and Romo went for as high as 37 with an average of 15 winning. So um, is this uh, a spot that you speculated on at all, Todd?
0: Yeah, I I bid on both, um, but I was bidding low and I got Romo in a couple of times. I didn't get Diekman at all. I do think Diekman's the the better bet to get the saves while Rosenthal's out. But, um, you know, I wanted the cheaper option probably – just to say uh, I wasn't that convinced on Diekman, he's left-handed, so I didn't want to spend a lot of money uh, getting him, if I, even if I could. So uh, I have Romo, you know, they might turn to him, they might, I might be dropping him the next week or two, um, but I, I think it is up in the air, of course. They haven't had a safe chance yet, so we don't know really what they'll do.
1: Yeah, they got crushed for four games, so yeah. <laughs> we have no idea what they're going to yeah, do, I mean, really.
0: That was, uh, <laughs> what do you think? That was the worst opening series performance by any team was the A's, probably?
1: Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. And I think it was, I don't know. Um, I saw the headline, but I don't read the article yet. But one of the players, one of the Astro players said we just crushed them. So that's uh <laughs> and they definitely yeah, did. Really, really. And it's, you know, the Astros are definitely a team that came out firing. Um, the stat cast numbers look through the roof. Guys are hitting balls hard and you know, fast. Um, so Uh, that was that was interesting to see. They're definitely uh they're embracing the fact that people are booing. I think Michael Brantley said we've been in the World Series, we've been booed before. That's like that's the same sound to us that we've always heard. Um, so it's interesting. Um, they they're they're definitely still a formidable threat. You know, I think
0: they're a good team. Good team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um. I see, I know J.B. Wendelkin too is also picked up in five leagues for as high as forty-four bucks. So some people even speculated on that. So sure. definitely, definitely an open competition there. Yeah. And like you said, we didn't get to see the usage, so it's really a lot of speculating yeah. this week. Um, let's go back to a hitter a guy who's always um, on the on the tips of everyone's tongue. No more Um He was picked up in twenty-two leagues, and what I found interesting was that he was also dropped in, in um, four leagues. So uh, it, it's interesting to see that, you know, that, that, you know, where he's being coveted, he's obviously, you know, it's all league and team dependent on your needs. Um, but uh, what's your thoughts on no Marmadari came out of the gate tot. Um, he's swinging a good yeah. bat. He so far hasn't gotten crunched in the the Detroit outfielders. There's, there's all of a sudden there's a bunch of good talent out there. Um right. Yep. what are you uh thought what's your thoughts on nomar
0: i'm a little uh down on him but i guess based on the past maybe that's wrong but uh, i do think he has playing time locked in so i think that's in his favor and he does look good at the beginning He did hit a homer i think yesterday if i'm not mistaken yep. um so uh and he's he's got power he was a big prospect at one time um i just have been disappointed you know 2 or 3 years in a row with him and so I wasn't really in on him to be honest but um I think they're going to let him play for a month or two if he can maintain it I think he'll stick but uh I don't think Detroit has any problems if he slumps again in uh, letting other guys go in there and and play
1: right I I I agree I I just think that is there's there's a lot of guys out there. I think Grossman's entrenched and leading off and, and playing almost every day. Um yeah. and he's still got Victor Reyes and Jacoby Jones. Um, yeah. so it's gonna be interesting to see what continues there. I, I don't know if it's too early to look at things at like expected batting average, but uh you know, compared to his three sixty-four average, he's got a one eighty-eight expected batting average, but <laughs> still a guy that's just been hasn't really shown much improvement over the right. years. And, right. um, you know, again, this might just be, um, you know, a streak thing for him, but he was definitely, you know, he was coveted in the pickups. He was picked up uh, for as much as 131 and for an average winning bid of 32 bucks. So uh, guys were out there for him. Um, yep. Probably more of outfield needs, I think, more than anything. Um, yep. Go to uh, Louisa Reyes iron mm-hmm. the – Minnesota twins been leading off consistently. Donaldson's out um, right now. He qualifies for second. He's going to gain outfield very soon. And who knows? He might even gain third base down the road. Yeah, sure. This is the guy I took a plunge on and leagues. I didn't have him in um, again. I have him in several leagues, but in the, in the tag team league and the, and one main event, I, I ponied up in the nineties for him in the one league. I pwned it up 94 for him. And I I think the backup bid was 31. But then in another league where I did the 94 again, I lost to that high of 104 that he had. And I was like, oh "Oh, man, because the first two leagues I checked, I'm like, I massively overbidded for him. (laughs) <laughs> and then I go to the last league and I said, oh, wow, someone actually. So you it's, it's that, yeah, it's that wonderful fab game where you check your first right. two and you're like, oh my God, right. what am I doing? And then, and then, and then you're like, wait a minute, I, get, I didn't get him there. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: how do you like Luis eyes going forward?
0: I like him. I didn't get him anywhere. I like him. He's uh, got a great batting eye. He's, you know, he walks a ton and, you know, he's lead off. So that's great. He's going to get a lot of at bats. Um, and I, like you said, he's going to get positional eligibility. He's not really a base stealing threat or a big power guy, but you know, for a glue guy in your lineup, I think it's uh, great to have him. You can bench him if he doesn't have a lot of games, or you know, put him in your lineup. So yeah, I'm definitely thinking in a 15 team league, he's a good asset to have.
1: Right. I uh in in my in my offseason, um. Digging a variety, of, I, I, he, he had some, um, he had some sneaky, sneaky stuff popping up in, in, in his, in his launch angle and his hard hit balls. I was on EV Analytics, that's where Derek Cardi has a bunch of his, um, his work, and um, he, 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 really lifted the ball a lot more than in previous years, and he was hitting the ball harder in that, in that range where you want to see it lifted up, and I, I just think that he, he can maybe. St- maybe become a sneaky not like his maybe uh eight to ten range but i think he might you know i think he's got the possibility and to creep up into that 12 to 15 home run range um i'm interested to see what the what the results are going to be when the uh first ball reports come out right the uh how how much the ball is uh traveling or not i haven't looked at anything i'm not really concerned with it at all um but yeah so Arise was definitely a guy I had my eyes on. Um, Let's see. Who else are we going to bounce around to here? Yandy Diaz. He was a pretty popular pickup, I think, probably for some corner options. Um, Maybe guys were, uh, I don't know, looking at the fact that he's hitting the ball a little harder. He's still hitting the ball into the ground a little too much. Um, But he also lifted a couple of balls that were Big, loud fly ball out. So um, he was scooped up in 19 leagues, only for a high of 27. But um, they came as Juba Cabrera. He was another popular corner guy um, this weekend. Um, did you have your hand in any of those bids, Todd?
0: No, I didn't bid on the Andy. I just uh, feel like it's hard to go with the uh, Tampa Bay hitters, the way they right. uh, deploy them. But, um, you know. I think he's certainly, yeah, if you got full-time playing time, I think he'd be very interesting. Um, I just feel like they're going to move him in and out, and you're going to get four starts out of seven days, and it's not ideal even in a 15-team league.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's definitely uh tough to play that um, playing time game with the Rays. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got uh, – I had a couple successful bids on his jubile, Um he just has a great schedule this week, and he just still can. You know, I was watching. I was yeah. watching a bunch of their games, mostly because I'm watching Marte um, swing. I, I I think I have the most Marte, out of out of any of my hitters, and uh, I just love watching the guy. I think he's gonna yeah. be such a stud this year. Yeah. But um, as you know, can still hit. He's just such a professional hitter. You know, um, I love the fact he's going to Colorado, for three games, and then he's um. He ends up in Arizona against some pretty decent pitching at the end of the week. Um, so he was scooped up in 26 leagues for an average winning bid of 19. So, again, uh, not one of those you know high money specials, but one of those, um, I guess, uh, rent the player for a week and then hopefully you have some use for him yeah, after that as well. <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah, I think and I think he's gonna play third base, um, is the plan in the, in the immediate future. So that's I'm not even sure if he has third base eligibility right now, but he, he
1: does actually. Yeah. Okay, First and okay. third. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think he's, yeah, very good hitter. Good guy to have if you, again, to to fill in your roster and uh, can provide some counting stats and then steals from time to time. So yeah, he's good. Like him.
1: Right. Absolutely. So I wanted to touch on a couple of players and bids that were Super high in prices. Um, not so much in the amount of league they were picked up in because they were already rostered in a ton mm. of leagues. Uh, but first, first guy was um, Nate Nate Lau. Um, he was scooped up in four leagues, probably the only four league that he was left remaining in. And again, usually when you see this, um, a good player available um, and not a lot of league, you know that price is going to be pretty pretty high for him. So um he went as high as two eighty seven and his average winning bait in those four bids was one seventy seven. Yep. Um yep. so he okay. definitely got off to a scorching start week right um nine ribbies to start the year. Um home runs. Right, right. He's uh he's he's an interesting player for sure. And you know um I don't know I get I get like Those bids are the toughest for me when I know it's going to be high, but I really like a player. It's you know, it's you have to be willing to really, really like go ahead and say like this guy is going to be it going forward when you dump out that that much money, you know. Um, Again, and you know it's going to be a tough race for a guy like Alex Reyes. There was one league where he wasn't owned in, right? And he went for two seventy eight, and and the backup was two eleven, you know, because. Something that you know and you're gonna expect that when he's available in only one league that he's he's gonna gonna, right, right, absolutely yeah that's
0: yeah the, the way I try to look at it, and I'm not always successful either, but is what is this player worth to me? Because you can't just say, Well, what is other people gonna bid? So I just gotta try to beat them, right? You know, and if you think Reyes is worth 278 which is a very strong closer, and he could be that, he could get 20 to 30 saves, then um, I think that's, that's fine. Um, but you can't say, well, I think somebody's gonna bid 342, so I'm gonna bid 350. That's the only reason I'm making that bid. You gotta say, what's he worth it? If I win it, great. If I don't win it, that's okay too. Because if you try to win every bid, you know, you're gonna be out of fab pretty quickly.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. I think like you, you know, like you mentioned, you got to see what's he going to do on my team? You know, like Travis shore, who's another guy that was, you know, one in 10 leagues is probably a lot of backups to a lot of the other corner options, but you know, a guy who has a great, great Monday to Thursday schedule facing righties, you know, it's going to stay in the lineup and, you know, for a guy like Nate, wow. Like you just bidding that much, you have to really think that he's going to be, you know, 25, a hundred that, you know, doing the rest of the way instead of chipping away at it, I guess, in, in little pieces of, of streaming. Right. Um,
0: exactly. exactly.
1: Emmanuel class a was another popular uh, bid in the league that he was available in four, four leagues. He was scooped up in um, for as high as 195 and uh, average winning bid of 114. So another situation where we kind of don't really know what's going on. They didn't have a chance to really leverage the closer, um, in any of their games, but we saw Karinchak come in in the eighth, and Whitgren came in the seventh, and he got hit hard. And Classe was warming up for the ninth, and the and um. So who knows? Like, uh, I guess just just off of what we've seen, there um, might look like he's going to be the guy going forward.
0: I think he's got a shot to do it, and he's got the best stuff. Again, he's a younger player. Does Terry Francona want to give it to a younger player? I don't know. Right. But uh, yeah, he can throw a hundred, and uh, so I d- certainly think he's a possible closer. So I would, if you got him, I'd hang on to him for sure and see how the first two weeks or so develops. Because it doesn't seem like uh, they trust Karinchak with his walking issues, and um, Whitgren never been overly impressed with. But um, anybody can gain saves, of course. But right. But yeah, I would say class a, class a is definitely in the mix, at least, if not the leader.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we went through some noticeable ads. I just wanted to highlight a couple of the drops. Um, I think this is pretty good, important, too. Um, mm-hmm. Before I did anything last night, um, as I was looking at, the, at my fab results, I was looking at the drops for sure, you know. And if there was anyone there who caught my eye, I immediately highlighted them and click the eye for the watch list. You know, I think that's the, a great way to do it. It helped yep. me a lot last year where, you know, it was a guy I was interested in and the team dropped them just a quick way to throw them on your watch list. And what's great about the NFBC too, is right, right. When you put the guy in the watch list and anytime you go to your teams or a team that you're multiple teams, you know, he's there in the watch list. I think yep. such a great tool, just yep. a just so great to have such seamless um east you know in, in in scouting for players so some of the players that were dropped the most rafael Dolis in 34 leagues kyle gibson in 24 josh Lindblom in 24 um nick ahmed in 22 leagues chris archer and chad green was the rental for the week for in 21 leagues um First guy I wanted to highlight was Dalton Jeffries, um, dropped in 17 leagues after a big fab for him the week before where he was one of the highest um, ads for 265 bucks. It was his high the week before. Um, I guess people kind of jumped the gun there with him thinking he was going to win that last spot for Cole Irvin was named the last starter. Um, But that's got to hurt one of those where you speculate really hard on a guy that hasn't been announced yet. And, and, and you're already dropping him. Um, yeah. Do yeah. you think he somehow gets back into the rotation soon? I mean, Irvin didn't look that bad and I still think AJ Puck is the guy they want right. to be, you know, I think they're rooting for him as hard as they can to get back into that role. You know?
0: Yeah, I do. I think he's got some people ahead of him. So that's a problem. Um, I do. If let me put it this way, if they, there was like a 15 man bench uh, in leagues. I I like the idea of holding Dalton Jeffries, but I feel like he's sort of buried right now. He's not even on the roster. Right. I I think you got to drop him in an NFBC type format. We only have seven bench spots and um, yeah, I do think he's talented. He did have a good spring, you know, and uh, you know, I think he looked good and I think they would in the right circumstances go to him. But for now I just, it's really tough you don't know if it's a month three months whatever and it's hard hard to hold on
1: absolutely um next guy i want to move on to is trevor may was dropped in 14 leagues i want to know why was he on 14 teams (laughs) to start with
0: (laughs) well i guess he was maybe uh thought of in the closer conversation but
1: uh with who with edwin diaz
0: i don't know i you know come
1: on I don't
0: know. Uh, I, I can't sorry,
1: I just had to throw that out there. It was just one of those where I see it and I'm like, why? Why did anyone
0: the other the other possibility, Rob, is that they, you know, for that first half week, uh sometimes people were sort of loading up on quality relievers even if they couldn't get a save just right. because they wanted to have nine pitchers on the roster. So I don't know if that was it.
1: True. Um, Very true.
0: Maybe that but you know, I certainly don't think he's gonna be a highly sought after commodity unless Circumstances changed quite
1: a bit. Right. Absolutely. Um, so Stefan Crichton Crickton was um, dropped in 13 leagues. Uh, people moving on from him rather quickly. Um, Kyle Crick, uh, he's the guy I wanted to highlight. He was dropped in 13 leagues. This one's interesting because he was getting some buzz along with right. David Bedner as possibly being the guy's um, you know, instead of Richard Rodriguez. So I'm surprised to see him dump, especially when he just came back after being, you know, away from the team for the birth of his child. So um, again, I think that's one of those quick triggers because we don't really know what's played out there yet. So I'm kind of surprised by that drop.
0: I mean, you got to speculate that they were getting a slightly better closing commodity like Merriweather or, Somebody like that, and then they just thought that's a better track for saves than holding on to Crick. Um, but I think Rich Rodriguez did look good in his first save chance, if I'm not mistaken, and um, and so maybe that gives people uh, the idea that well, Crick's uh, quite a bit away from getting saves, and he uh, got to move on. So I don't know, you know, the the closer carousel is pretty fun, and sometimes you can. Um, you can pick up a guy like that when he's dropped and he's out of favor. And if you can hang on to him for two or three weeks, sometimes uh, he's more in the mix than he has been before.
1: Your boy, Nelson Cruz at a grand slam.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Boom.
1: Boom. (laughs) (laughs) And Arias is one for one with two runs and a walk, baby. Let's go.
0: What's the score? The Twins must be crushing them.
1: Six zip. is getting crushed like he always had in his life. I don't know why people uh, are still on him.
0: Wasn't he uh. the guy that uh, hit Ronald Acuna?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, that's great. You know, that's his
1: claim to fame.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I think he was a little—he uh, was a little uh, dippy on just doing doing that. So right. I'm, not, I'm not sorry about Urana giving up a few runs.
1: Oh man. So um let's run through a couple of the other drops. Um again, a lot of closers. You can see uh the trends in 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 um the drafters and the owners of the teams, you know, speculating on closers and then dropping them when they think it, it just may not be right yeah. for them. Nick wickran in 12 leagues, Jose Alvarado in nine, even though he looked awesome. narice looks just as good. Um, Tanner Scott in eight leagues, he was dropped. Vicar Reyes is another guy I mentioned um prior talking about Mazara and you know, possible outfield squeeze in Detroit. He was a guy that was going in, in the 200s yeah. ADP,
2: 220.
1: So um, again, that's a that's a pretty big investment to be dropping, you know, so early. But I get it, you know, if you have some other needs that you just gotta churn those batters and um you know, really move forward. Um, Luke Weaver was dropped in seven leagues. This one I found interesting too because he's got two starts this week, and I know that you know one of them's at Colorado. But you no, know,
2: yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I I kind of like his two starts this week. I have him r- rolling in pretty much all the leagues that have him in. Just one of those, uh, just going with it. You know, um, yeah. and seeing what yeah. happens. But um, it's just yeah, surprising I mean, I think- in this. Right, because he, he's got two starts this week, even if you don't start him. What if he just lights out in two starts and you just dropped him? I don't know. It was kind of a something that caught my eye again. You know, the obvious. acid
0: test, Rob, is the asset test is if you're not going to start a pitcher and he has two starts, that kind of means you should drop him.
1: Because, right. No, true. Very true.
0: What, I mean? what are you holding him for? You know, something better, you know? So, right. yeah, I, I kind of get it. If you look at that and say, I'm not even going to chance it now then probably you should drop him right. Um, uh, right but yeah that's uh look i think he's a passable starter i think he could in the right circumstances do well he had a few years back i was sort of high on him and uh maybe he can recapture it
1: yeah i i I am I'm, I'm holding out that he can definitely find that groove again. Didn't look like it in spring, but um you it's rumored to just be tinkering with a whole bunch of things. But uh yeah. David Price dropped in five leagues. Um he didn't look so great his first outing. Obviously he's not starting. Um very interesting. He's another guy I hit the I hit the was for just uh you know, throw him in the sure. watch list because obviously Gonsolin's now on the IL. Um, and so it's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Did yeah. you have him anywhere? Have you drafted him? Any of David Price, Todd? I did,
0: not, did not draft David Price, but um, I do agree that he could uh, bear fruit later on. Um, you know, I think he's really more cut out to be a starter than a reliever, but um, he should be the next man up if there's anybody that does have problems in the rotation and gosh, getting a Dodger starter, that's a really good commodity. So, Right. Um, uh, I certainly think he's worth watching at the very minimum.
1: Right. Um, Let's see. One other guy I noted here on a drop was Victor Carantini was dropped in a couple of weeks. Seems like he's still going to like he's the guy right now. I guess maybe it's a team that just had a couple of catchers and took three for some Mm -hmm. reason and just wanted to drop him um
0: he's playing
1: now though he's yeah playing. he's playing and so that's that was an odd drop to me um as well as like Robbie Grossman I get it if you want to turn if you don't you obviously got off to a bad start but he's still leading off and it looks like he's staying there yeah. Roddy Helez was an interesting drop especially this week because uh got a great schedule based on a yeah. bunch of righties they're playing seven days um Josh Rojas this one really surprised me. One drop for a guy who started off pretty hot, uh, had a great spring and seems to be an everyday player in Arizona.
0: And he's what do you think happened off. here? He's batting leadoff. I don't know why. Again, you don't know what the individual team situation is, but um, it would seem like that'd be a guy you want to hang on to right now and just see how he works out. You know, right. he's, he's got a got a good situation right now. So, yeah, I mean. Would say that's a drop to be uh, very interested in. If you're in that league, you can maybe try to pick him up next weekend.
1: I gotta see who 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 was picked up for him. That's what I'm gonna do right now. Yeah. Right, because that's just one of those things that I don't really, you know. I guess unless you just. But he's, again, he's got a great schedule this week. Maybe it's not it's like you. It's not in it's like where you're churning out. You know, to get maximization of games. He's got six games. He's going to Colorado. Three games at home. Um,
0: that's surprising.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm on the player page right now. And I'm trying to get the actual bid result for him. I can't find it. Oh, because I'm on the ads. That's why. Let me go to the drops. All right. Let's oh, see yeah. who he was dropped for. Josh Rojas. Bam. Let's see. Oh, someone added Sergio Romo for Josh and dropped Josh. Sergio
0: Romo. I suggest that unless you're completely out of pitchers or something. I mean, and, and I picked up Romo in a couple of leagues, so I'm sort of in favor of that spec ad, but Rojas seems like the wrong drop unless you're really loaded in the outfield.
1: Right. Right. I I guess so. I don't know. That's a, again, one of the one where I saw, I was like, Oh, I got to highlight this one and talk about it because this was really interesting. Um, uh, Josh Donaldson, that was a quick, a quick drop. He only dropped in one league. Um, obviously, you know, you knew getting into him with the injury history. I do have yeah. him in several leagues, but I'm definitely trying to hold on to him. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, also Robbie Ray, um, was dropped in a league, um, Interesting. He had a great spring and he looked awesome. So um, I know I think he he said he's ready to start, you know, getting back into baseball activities, Um, but no, we'll see. We'll see where we shall from there. Is there anything else you wanted to add Todd to this uh, fab segment or anything in general?
0: No, I just uh, appreciate the time, Rob. I think it's uh, it's interesting to go over the fab early in the season. And uh, just a reminder, I am writing, uh, a summary of a lot of the stuff we discussed in the article, uh, the ads, the drops, and also adding in the um, the leaders of the uh, NFBC main event, both the overall and also the individual leagues. I'm going to put in, so I think that'll be sort of fun to follow um, the uh, the 43 leagues and see who can come out on top. There's a lot of great players, and you know they uh, certainly uh, there's a bunch of repeat people that are all. Leading their respective leagues. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. And we all have our opinions. And,
1: uh, yeah, it's great. It may, that's for sure.
0: Maybe that my opinion will end up be, being in 14th place, but that's okay. I still enjoy, <laughs> still enjoy doing it. And uh, so I anyway, know I appreciate the time, Rob, and talking it over with you.
1: Right, absolutely. And you could find those articles on spstreamer.com. And where can yeah. everyone find you on Twitter, Todd?
0: So it's at Telestar 7. And uh, we're happy to answer any questions if people want to shoot them to me. And uh, hopefully everybody has a great fantasy season. It's uh, it's just getting started, even if you're at the back.
1: (laughs) Right, right. And I think just like you just mentioned, just, uh, you know, you got to have fun, you know, have fun in it. Stay on the grind and make sure, you know, that you have your your resources that you trust to go to and, um, you know, like... And that you're trying to absorb as much information as you can, you know, because there's yeah. there's there's things that you could you know, learn, even if you've been in this game for so long. Mm-hmm. You're still learning by the day. Um, there's a ton of new, you know, I, I find myself just like on the on the new game feeds, you know, just really i'm like man this is not like the old box scores you know and i'm like asking myself am i absorbing too much like am am i trying to you know take in too much yeah, you know right, but right, right. i just like feel like you know i don't want to miss anything you know
0: yeah, i know you can you can do that as well but the thing i like about it rob is that you get to make all these individual decisions yourself you take in a lot of info yep you make your decision and sure, you can be wrong. I mean, a lot of things uh, you and I said today, we could be wrong about. But that's the fun of it, you know. That's right, the, you know, right. Could be uh, Wade but, Davis.
1: but the manager said this. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. It's the <laughs> fun to follow. Wade Davis closes thirty-five games, and it's going to make me look dumb. But you know, let's uh, let's make make our opinions and and stick to them, and then we'll see at the end of the season. Hopefully, we make more correct decisions than incorrect.
1: Right. Absolutely. Awesome, Todd. Thank you for joining me. And um, we'll do this again next Monday. What do you say?
0: Thank you, I Look forward to it.
1: All right, cool. Awesome. Later, Todd.
0: Yeah. Alrighty,
1: righty, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. Don't forget to check out Todd's work. And a bunch of other great writers that we have going on at spstreamer.com. Michael Simeone has put together a wonderful group of fresh new writers bringing you streaming articles. And not only pitching, but hitting and catching um, and stolen bases. We got it all. Go check it out. spstreamer.com. Become a part of the community. We got a cool Discord. And um, yeah, talking about baseball nonstop and yeah thank you for tuning in once again enjoy the baseball guys enjoy fantasy enjoy your life you know all that fun stuff and uh don't be a bag of shit right all right